brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I have to tell you that yesterday I received a yellow card because I tweeted that Alistair McKenzie wasn't available. So today I have to be very careful and very polite with my guests. So please accept if I'm not joking like usually, but I'm on the edge tonight. So hello, Mr. Alistair McKenzie. How are you? I'm okay. Um, uh, yeah, you're you're on your last warning here, Vittorio. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh, anyway, Alistair, uh, it wasn't the best Saturday for a Lazio fan. Um, unfortunately for you, we're going to talk about the referee. I think we ha really have to today for what happened yesterday. Uh, but I want to start saying that probably the first 35 minutes of yesterday match were probably the best uh, 35 minutes of Lazio this season playing really really well even though um, we're going to talk about I didn't think Korea was was playing that well but Lazio was perfect in the first 35 minutes yeah <clears throat> well unfortunately I couldn't see a game live yesterday so I've not got um, I'm not going to be able to really comment too much on things like that but um, I think that one thing that's definitely struck me in in the last what it's been three games in a row now has been that the formation change although being a relatively minor one has apparently kind of brought a bit more it's kind of re-energized the team and um brought brought better performance out in, uh, as a whole but yeah i mean it's interesting you say that about korea because i think perhaps you know when when inzaghi decided to play korea and alberto on the same team you would have thought that it might be a big opportunity for him to take advantage of, but actually it seems more that Alberto's the one who's benefited from it rather than Korea so far. Um, I think he still deserves to be in that team, but yeah, he he's, seems yet to kind of make a huge impact, I'd say, since the formation change. 
Yeah, I had the impression that yesterday he wasn't 100% fit. He was often uh, reaching to his left leg, if I'm not wrong, uh, looking like he had something that was bothering him. And uh, same thing when he came out in the second half. First thing he did is uh, check that there. I don't know if he had something. But he's he's a little bit like Felipe Anderson. He turns on and off in the same match very often. Uh, he, he did something really good, but I thought he should be more in the uh, in the center of the, of the of Lazio attacking. Uh, while often he was uh, moving around and not getting the ball that much. Talking about Luis Alberto, I think it's not just the 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 change of scheme of Lazio. I think he's uh, back to his form. He's in confidence and he's really playing really really well. And you can see it. And as we said often in this podcast, if Luis Alberto and Minkovic Savic starts playing at the level again, then Lazio can be a very dangerous team. And this is what's happening. Yeah, and that was one of the, well, probably the most important thing or promising thing to come out of the game yesterday was the goal from Minkovic Savic. Because, you know, how many times this season have we seen him try to line up one of those shots and get it completely wrong and just smash it over the crossbar. And, yeah, that, that was a, a serious reminder to his critics of what he can do, what what kind of skill he's capable of. And, yeah, that's two goals in three games for him now. And, you know, we've, we've said before, I think, quite regularly, that he shouldn't. it's unfair to judge a guy like him based on how many goals he scores. But there's no doubt that getting in the headlines for, for scoring nice goals again is, is definitely going to help with... His confidence, and yeah, I, I agree with you on Alberto as well. He's he's definitely a confidence player, and when when he has that back, he he becomes a much better player. But yeah, he does also just seem a lot. He seems like a weight's been lifted off him, and yeah, it's probably a combination of of all those things of of getting his fitness back to a better level, um, possibly the the injury problem he's had easing off a bit, and. Uh, yeah, getting his confidence back and benefiting a bit more from the formation change where um, by having the likes of Milinkovic and Correa and Dimobili around him, he's he's finding more space on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's been a really, really positive thing. Uh, obviously, we would have liked three points yesterday, but, uh, yeah, I think it's been a, quite a nice way to end the year all in all if we can, uh, if we can try not to lose our minds about the refereeing too much. Yeah, even though with uh, with Milan and Roma winning, Lazio still fourth, but you know the gap is not there anymore. So, and uh, the next two matches for Lazio are Napoli and Juventus. So, uh, it is going to be hard to to still be in that position at the end of January after what happened today and uh, yesterday. Sorry, and again, uh, as I said at the beginning, I thought Lazio played really really well especially in the first 35 minutes so it's a shame that they didn't want but um i don't know alistair but i was a little bit surprised to see uh, this tactic with minkovic savic and parolo playing central midfield uh, we know that torino uh, as every mazzari team is a team that like to defend with all the men and then uh, as fast as possible counter-attack and having two players that are offensive players, even though Parolo can play in that position, 
was for me a little bit of a risk. Of course, Leva played the 26. He's just back from an injury, so I can imagine that Inzaghi didn't want to risk him. But I thought it was a risk uh, solution from uh, from Inzaghi there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very attack-minded team, and I suppose you need to... It, it shows, again, the importance that Lucas has to this team, and, and by the signs of things, his introduction into the game helped that team kind of rediscover its shape and, and find the equaliser as well, eventually. So, yeah, I mean... He's been massively missed, I think, Lucas. It's pretty obvious when you actually go through the statistics of what the results have been like with and without in this season. But even just to provide, you know, the, the balance, the the link between uh, defence and midfield and the field and attack, he's a really crucial player. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a risky, risky tactic from Inzaghi. I mean. Clearly, there's there's a lot of firepower in that midfield that he chose, so he did have the option. A goal behind, um, it becomes quite a risky tactic, I suppose, with the, the counter-attacking threat that Torino have. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he's, he's finding more... Um, more questions than answers a little bit at the moment. He's He's changed the formation, but he's a, still incredibly loyal to certain players. He wants Parola to play every game if he can. He wants Milinkovic to play every game. Um, he's he's trying to get Correa into the team more. He wants Alberto back to his best. And yeah, it's it's difficult for him now to, to find a system, I suppose, in which he can get everybody into it. So um, there's been a bit of juggling going on. Yeah, but I think having Milinkovic-Savic and Luis Alberto is something Lazio playing together is something Lazio have to do because they are the most talented players in the team. Um, Parolo probably has the experience to to play in that position, uh, and I, I think after all he played he played well yesterday. Obvious, obviously, Leva is another type of player that would guarantee more uh, more help to the defense. And this is another point. Uh, I want to talk about because Lazio played really, really well and uh, I thought dominated the match. But Torino had just a couple of chances, but those chances was uh, incredible. They hit the, the post twice and they were pretty much the only chance Torino had. Uh, so it's it, it's concerning to see that uh, every time the other team had a chance, it's very dangerous. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you see the highlights, you think, well, Torino had the same chances of Lazio and uh, was dangerous as well. But Lazio had much more ball possession and was more time in the in the penalty box of Torino. But Torino hit the post twice, so that's something that that scares me uh, going further. Yeah, but I suppose that's a kind of continuation of what's been happening throughout this. Well, the poor run, I suppose, that came to an end um, a week ago. That you know that Lazio controlling the game but failing to really carve out brilliant chances quite often and and since then you know the chances they've conceded as you say quite rightly being far too dangerous and yeah I mean you're absolutely right because for me that's all I've been able to to find is is the highlights of the game and from watching those you wonder how Torino haven't won the game because like you say they've they've hit the post twice. Di Silvestri has uh, clearly still got some uh, Lazio feelings. 
um, having missed an absolutely brilliant chance. Um, and yeah, in, in contrast, Lazio required an absolutely superb individual piece of skill from Milinkovic, and there were seemed to be a couple of other good, decent chances, but nothing like the, the the same level, the same quality of chances as Torino managed to get. So that is a concern, but I think in my mind still it's more important that if you are able to kind of control games and dominate games that that should be able that should come um especially with the creativity in this team and and the finishing ability that we have with with Immobile up front i think that that should hopefully come um and obviously in the last two games it has come and you know like you say i'm sure you you probably mentioned this already Vittorio but as soon as you beat teams like Cagliari and Bologna, everyone says, "Well, it's just Cagliari and Bologna." But they're diff- they, those could potentially be very difficult games because it's teams who are who are going to set up to defend and not let you through. And Bologna, yes, are pretty hopeless, but they have still got draw against Milan very recently um, and kept a clean sheet in that game. Cagliari, uh, better home and away, but still can be a very tricky team as well. So. I think it's been promising that we've managed to break down those teams and score score a few goals. Yeah, and, and Napoli once again won against Bologna yesterday, just in the last second of the match. So, you know, this to prove that in Serie A, it, it's difficult to beat any type of teams. You know, uh, I said last time that probably Bologna was the was the worst team we we played against, but still, they proved to be able to stop AC Milan, who you know, it's not playing great football, but it's still it's still fighting with us for the Champions League spot. So it's never easy, uh, especially, and this is the biggest problem Lazio is having, when you go one goal down. And uh, uh, this complicates a, a lot the, the project of Inzaghi uh, in the match. And this is something Lazio have to try to avoid. Obviously, yesterday, goal came from a very, very uh, discussed penalty. I thought, after seeing it often, I think I said what just eight times yesterday. It was never a penalty, or at least if that was a penalty, then the one of Acerbi was penalty all the time. But Irati didn't didn't even went to check with the VAR, so that's that's really disappointing. And uh, you know, seeing what happened yesterday with the uh, Juventus Sampdoria, Alistair, I don't know if you saw it and put this and add uh, Lazio Torino. I think the VAR. Is, is a complete disaster and it's... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not useless. It's it's dangerous because it's it's changing matches. And uh, some referee use it. Some doesn't. Some use it against some teams. Some ODA don't. So uh, can we say that 
at the moment the VAR is a failure? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I I don't think that what happened yesterday is the fault of VAR. It's as you alluded to there. It's it's the fault of the way that it's being used, and that. It, is still down, unfortunately, to the individual referees, and there is still a problem with the with the quality of officiating in this league, and that has struck Lazio again. So, I, I don't think that VAR is is what should be the um, I suppose the focus of people's anger here, because the VAR system should have been something that would have helped Lazio out in this situation. The problem is that we're still seeing um, incredible levels of inconsistency in, in terms of decision making and I still stand by what I said when it was first introduced which decisions should be put in the hands of, of the coaches or the club in some way rather than rather than the referees in terms of when to make a challenge um, because yeah yesterday there's there's no way that you can really look at those two different um, two different uh, pushes or challenges in the box the one on Acerbi and, and the one that committed by Marisic, and, and say that one is worth a penalty and the other isn't. Um, but then, you, you know, you require, you rely on the referee to be able to take that decision. And at the moment, it's there's still a lot of kind of um, ego involved in the whole thing. I think some referees see it as a bit of a challenge to their authority and and they prefer to make decisions off their own back when they can still. So... Yeah, I, I, in my opinion, it's not VAR that's the problem. It's still the referees and the way that it's being interpreted. Can can, can I talk about something that really really is driving me nuts this morning? Gazeta, as always, after the, the, the Serie A matches, published an article with all the uh, discussed episode, and it's saying that the penalty of Belotti was a penalty, but the, 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 the tackle on Acerbi was doubtful, not obvious was doubtful. Same thing uh, Ansaldi pushing Immobile at the end. Again, doubts, not penalty. How can it be possible? I mean, for me, the Bolotti penalty wasn't a penalty, but if you gave that, then the Acerbi one is even more penalty than that one. And instead, Gazzetta do Sport saying that Bolotti is a penalty and uh, the one of uh, Acerbi, no. I mean, this tells you how much people doesn't care about the, the importance of Lazio is really low in Italy because that's a penalty. You know, uh, even a, a UK people who doesn't care about Lazio notice that. So, Yeah, and um, I suppose the reaction to this is taking up very little space in the paper today compared to, for example, when Roma had issues with VAR this, earlier this season and were making complaints about it, it became a, it became a kind of big deal and a big talking point again and yeah I do understand that obviously there are other big issues going on in Italian football right now which are quite rightly taking up more more attention but yeah Lazio's Lazio probably been worse hit by VAR in terms of the amount of points um, lost than most other clubs in this league and yeah I don't I don't understand how you can look at that and say this is a penalty and the other one's doubtful the other thing is that I mean Again, you'll you'll have to let me fill me in on this part, but the 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 Marisic foul, the penalty, the the way that how soft that is means that basically almost any corner kick would have been a penalty because it's it's simple kind of jostling in the box 
It's not a push as far as I can see. It's simply just contact in the box. But you find things about 10 times worse than that going on at every single corner kick. So I don't know. I haven't seen any of the corner kicks from yesterday's match. But you're setting a precedent by giving that penalty that means that if you're if you're considering that to be a foul, you have to consider that to be a foul for the rest of the game. And should be a penalty, which means, as you rightly say, that there's absolutely no doubt about the Cherby one, because perhaps you could have an argument about whether that's a penalty on any other day, but you can't have an argument about it on a day when the Marisic one has been considered to be a penalty. So, uh, to be honest, Marusic is silly because he keeps his hands on Belotti's back. So, that's a mistake of, of Marusic. But Belotti dives like Marusic is kicking his his back, you know, and uh, he dives embarrassing. And I said, okay, if this is penalty, then every match has 25 penalty because we saw it on, on every corner kick, there's someone pushing or holding. So what do we do? 25 penalties a time. Uh, that that That's simply uh, <laughs> unbelievable. And again, you have the VAR. I don't understand why the, the guy at, at the VAR said, hey, come and look because... Maybe it has been a soft decision, maybe a little bit too soft. I mean, uh, again, Marusic is silly because he keeps those hands there, but that's never a penalty. And okay, the other problem is, if for you that's a penalty, I don't agree, but okay, you have to carry that that the thing to all the other tackles, to all the other things. So the the, the Marusic tackle that he had had in the first. Uh, three minutes of the match, then that's a penalty. What happened to Acerbi in the second half, then that's a penalty. What happened to Immobile at the end of a match, then that's a penalty. It's not acceptable that some are free kicks and some are not, and it's the same foul. So, uh, really, uh, it's not acceptable. And I think the VAR should help this referee, but if they're the one that should ask for help, then it's useless because Irati thinks he's a genius. He doesn't have doubts, and so he will never ask for the VAR. Instead, as I said hundreds of times, each coach should have to to challenge to ask for the VAR when he wants. And if he fails, if he's wrong, he loses one. If he is right, then he has a he has the challenge back. But like this is is useless. And the the Juventus one, <laughs> you know, the penalties of Juventus. Uh, I thought that was never a handball. So. You have to use it wisely, and and the most important thing is the measure has to be the same for both teams and for the same episode. It cannot be for one it is and for the for the other isn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, playing the referee is is a, an important ability as a team, and you sh- you need to be able to see how lenient or how strict the referee is, and dictate what you can get away with for the rest of the game but the problem in a game like this is that you they're they're not setting down any marker of of what the what the level is where the leniency ends so it just becomes a completely erratic and unpredictable match after that because the players don't know how you know how hard to go in or what they can get away with um yeah so it makes it a very difficult game and and you can understand why everyone's so frustrated about it and 
yeah, the other thing I was, I was wanting to ask you about, because again, it's it's something that's escaped the uh, the highlights reels that I've seen anyway, is, is that Simone Inzaghi was, was complaining that Armando Itzo should have been sent off for, for two yellow cards. So um, yeah. I haven't but, that incident, but it seems to be a big talking point. Yeah, I think referee can dictate a match with what they are not whistling. Uh, and this is not only penalty. Most of all are free kicks in, 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 the, in your half or in the other half. And I thought at the certain, in the first half, he, he, he stopped Luis Alberto at least six times for nothing where Lazio was going in a counter-attack with the Luis Alberto with the ball. And uh, he stopped Luis Alberto once. And then afterwards, Itzo made the same thing. And Itzo made like five free falls in in, uh, in the first half. And at the last one, he received a yellow card. And then he made another fall that was clearly another yellow card. And all Lazio players protested because he had to be sent off. And uh, and the referee waved on, didn't do nothing. Um, so players, Lazio players were really upset. Probably what, what you didn't see was that at the end of the first half, all Lazio players went to the ref and Inzaghi had to dash in the pitch and <laughs> run to the to the referee, not to blame the referee, but to push Lazio players away. Uh, so, you know, I was thinking, okay, now Inzaghi is going to be sent off because he's dashing to, to the referee. Instead, he, he pushed the Lazio players that obviously were complaining away. But at the beginning of the second half, uh, Inzaghi came in and went to talk to Irati, asking for explanation, and Irati again didn't, didn't say nothing. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are so many episodes yesterday to that Irradi dictate against Lazio that it's simply unacceptable, I think. And Alistair, Irradi is the, the ref that was the VAR last year at Lazio Torino, and you remember what, what happened at Lazio Torino. That was probably the worst <laughs> moment of VAR in the, in the history. Yeah, well, I think it was probably the angri- angriest we've ever got on the show, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not far off, but yeah, it's clearly a it's a cursed fixture, and yeah, like Irati again involved in both games, so perhaps we just need to steer clear of this guy and uh, hope that the uh, the referee um, distributor is is kinder to us in the future. Uh, Alistair, to stop talking about the ref for once, uh, we have a couple of questions. And some of them are focused on uh, on Marusic. Alexander Mikkelsen is asking on Twitter, is our main concern right midfield? Basta is over. Patrick is not better than a reserve and Marusic is simply not cutting it as reliable option. Um, again, we have even uh, Stefan Scarpulla is the year and a half since he joined. Would you rate Marusic a disappointment? I thought Marusic yesterday played well. Yes, um, he should have been more careful on the penalty, even though that we already said it wasn't a penalty. But I thought, I thought, especially in the first 35 minutes when Lazio was pushing a lot, he played really, really well. He was finally able to dribble past his player and put the ball in the box. Of course, cross are not, uh, at the moment, the best of Marusic. He, he maybe is better when he's trying to score from outside the box. But I think he, he, he improved. Uh, he played well yesterday. So I don't think he's he's the concern. The problem, as we said very often, Alistair, is that, uh, especially this year, he have been often very he has been often injured. We don't have really another valuable option there, because as uh, as uh, 
Alexander was saying, Bassa is over. I think he's, they're going to sell him in January. And Patrick uh, gives everything, but maybe he's not a Champions League level player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I mean, to answer those two questions directly, um, the right midfield is definitely the area of concern in this team. It, it kind of it, it has been always throughout the season. Um, it was really before we started the season. Um, the clearly the weakest part of the team, and we were, I suppose, relying on Marisic to have a better season than he's had. But, but no, I mean to. to go on to the second question I, I don't think that that means in any way that we can rate Marisic as being a disappointment because you know if you take a step back from it we we brought this guy in we had no idea who he was we were still kind of asking what position he played in when he first arrived and he was brought in on cheap I think it was what about four and a half million is yeah something of that yeah something along those lines so, you know, this wasn't a guy who we've spent a lot of money on who is considered to be a Serie A star who's going straight into the team. This is a guy who was really being brought in more as a squad player and a, a guy with useful versatility who managed to establish himself in the first team last year. But look, for, for the price we got him for and for what he was supposed to be. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In what he's become, which is a first team regular. I think we can't really have too many complaints when he has a couple of bad games and and has some bad form. I would have liked him to have played better this season than he has. Um, And I still think, in my opinion, we should be doing absolutely everything possible to knock down Spal's door and try and take Lazzari off them. But uh, I can't see it happening. So, in my opinion, I think we need somebody, a really established player, to be the first choice there with Marisic as a second choice, which I think was probably the way that it was always supposed to be. I don't think it's it's fair to judge him as a disappointment because, yeah, I think he's been very good value for money, but perhaps expectations have been raised too quickly on, on what he should be capable of. I don't know. I thought we signed him for, for being a starter, so... Um, yeah, I think he could have done better, but yesterday was probably his best match. Um, we have some question from from Facebook. Thumb thumb. How can Bastos possibly be a worse option than Wallace? He's the Maradona of bad defenders. The score could change <laughs> with every touch of the ball. Now, <laughs> I have to say, Alastair, we had so many. So many questions about Wallace 
yesterday. Um, but I don't think Lazio didn't won because of Wallace. He came in in the second half. Honestly, he didn't do nothing wrong. Uh, well, yeah, he, he missed a cross. He put it directly in Curva North. But blame Wallace for not winning yesterday. That's that's harsh. I mean, he, he you can take all the other players and blame them for the same for not winning. I, I don't think Wallace is uh, is the problem there. Uh, I, I think Alistair, since that terrible mistake mistake he made at the Derby, uh, he's the you know the 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 player fans blame every time, even if it's not his fault. Yeah. No, he's, he's become a scapegoat. I mean, yeah, we've said this time and time again. I think he's uh, he's suffering from the Mauricio effect, uh, which is basically that once everyone's made their mind up, he's going to get absolutely hammered for any mistake he makes and be blamed for results. Um, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised about all this because you know going on social media, I was seeing all that all these criticisms coming in of Wallace, and I thought, oh, God, what's he done now? Um, but then, as far as I could see, other than giving the ball away cheaply at one point for a, for a Torino attack, he doesn't seem to have been involved all that much in the game anyway. Um, so, unless there's something I'm missing... No, I can no. understand the, why there's so much anger directed at him, other than the fact that he, he tends to be the, the guy that, that gets most of the blame for these performances and uh, yeah you know look i'm not defending his quality as a player I've, I've said quite frequently that i just don't think he's he's read he's capable of playing at this level in this position i think he's a good defender and he could do a good job with a different team but i don't think playing on the right side of inzaghi's back three that he's ever gonna stop making mistakes or that he's ever gonna you know, put in the performance he put in against Juventus every week. I don't think we can expect that from him. I think he's a decent player, but, you know, he is what he is. And, and, and I think that as a defender, he's decent. Of course, he had great performance against Cristiano Ronaldo. And that I think he's more dangerous when he has the ball on his feet. That That's where yeah. I'm, I'm really concerned about him. But that's what I mean about I, I don't think he's going to be a success in this team because... Uh, this team requires players who can bring the ball out to defence, who can pick passes and, and join the lines together. And if you have guys who don't have the composure or the ability to do that under pressure, then you're going to give the ball away in dangerous positions, which is more often than not what he's guilty of. And I don't think he's he's coachable with that. I don't think that's something he's improved on uh, in two years. So that's my reason for thinking he's just not really got a future in this team and thankfully it does seem like Inzaghi has uh, you know finally come around to the idea of a guy like Luis Felipe who's who does have the ability required to, to play in in that ability in that system and who does have the kind of technical skills to do that as well he's still raw and he's not a perfect player Luis Felipe but I think that given the potential he's got and given the attributes he has he's a much more promising player to work on and uh, yeah so I think it's been encouraging to see him being picked as a first choice recently as well yeah again he played really well yesterday again another very good performance and he just became dad a couple of hours before the beginning of the match so it was I don't 
surprising to see him play. Uh, often players don't play when they, you know, they become father for the first time. But it was good to see him play. And I thought he wasn't distracted. He played really well. Uh, we have a, another question from Facebook from Pierre Nielsen saying, how can Lazio take action against the referee's decision? Alistair, do you want to answer? Well, I, I mean, I think from from everything that happened last season and the the bad decisions that went against Lazio, I don't think there is much Lazio can really do um, other than complain about it and make loud noises about it, which has happened over and over again. And happened again, you know, this time with Lotito, uh, with Acerbi himself. But it's it's up to the refereeing federation themselves to really take a look at how they're doing these decisions because they're not going to be, be really put under any particular pressure from the clubs to change the way or, or um, they're making these decisions. So... I don't know. That's that's almost one of the more, most depressing things about it, in my mind, is that there's not an awful lot Lazio can do to to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened again. Yeah, they can present a dossier with with all the mistakes. Maybe in this case, point out that that Irati already uh, already made terrible decision against Lazio last year. So there's something wrong with him against uh, against Lazio, and maybe ask to not having any more. This this ref uh, in matches against Lazio. I don't know if they will uh, listen to that. It, it happened in the past. I think Inter and Juventus was able to not have a ref for a couple of matches after disappointment performance. But yeah, I mean, after reading what Gazzetta said today, I, I don't expect nothing. You know, they are defending Irati. It's it's simply embarrassing. So uh, I don't think not. Uh, anything will change, unfortunately. Um, Alistair, Benami Haidarashi, I hope I said it right, said, <laughs> can we get Darmian in January? I don't know. Yeah, this has been talked about a lot. I'd be surprised if I'm honest. Um, I think it would be quite an expensive operation still, despite the fact he's not you know, playing an awful lot of games for United. There's been a regime change there, obviously, with Mourinho going out and... I wonder how that might change things with with Darmian, and maybe he'll he'll be more willing to stay and fight for his place. Um, you know, he he did come out openly to the media quite recently to say that he does miss Italy, which has you know sparked all these stories about potential moves back back to Syria. Um, but you know, I suppose it comes back to the same doubts I have about Lazuri ever happening. Is that I, I think the you know, the fee to bring him over wouldn't have to be massive, I don't think, but his wages would be. And um, whereas for Lazzari, I don't think his wages would be astronomical, but the fee would be pretty big. So I'd be very surprised if Lotito is willing to to bring out the checkbook to that extent in January. But then again, if he's not, then when he, when is he? Because, look, we're we're going into the winter break in fourth place, which is where he wants to end up. But I think from what we've seen so far this season, it's very, very clear that to to maintain fourth place, we're going to need reinforcements. This team isn't playing at the same level it did last year, and there are quite obvious problems in it, and the right midfield is the most obvious of that. So I think if we want to actually kick on and and do what we couldn't do last season... And, 
Well, you're going to have to open his checkbook. And as Inzaghi said yesterday in a press conference before the match, uh, he said that there are some players that are going to be uh, sell this January. So again, you can maybe offer Murcia to get Lazzari and uh, decrease the, the price of the player. Um, and as you were saying, you know, this is the this is the moment to do it. Uh, there are rumors that uh, Muriel is going to sign for Milan. So, you know, the other teams, one way or another, are going to try to improve the team. And Lazio should have should do the same. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be very difficult. Also worth mentioning as well that, you know, the, te- the teams we're up against for this Champions League spot are likely, I mean, it's a very close group of teams, but you would expect that it would be Roma and Milan who are, who are going to be the main rivals. And Milan are, you're talking about spending a bit of money on, on bringing in reinforcements in January. This is while they've got this, you know, quite serious financial fair, fair play restrictions on the go. And Lazio, as we, we mentioned in an earlier podcast this season, are the only team in the top six to have, to have finished the year um, in the black with a profit. So... Lazio can spend money or should be able to spend money a bit easier than these other teams. And um, I think that, you know, Lotito and Tari have established a reputation as being quite wily in the transfer market and never really wanting to spend money without a kind of some sort of guarantee of, of getting it back. Um, so January is, is notoriously not very good for that. But I don't know. I think that there there should be value out there for players who are, coming towards the end of their contracts um, who can be brought in for you know smaller fees from clubs looking to get rid of them um, so yeah the thing that frustrates me is that yeah, it's, it seems like the time to do it and Lazio are clearly in a position where they can do it so we'll see I'm, I'm not feeling too hopeful though no that's the problem that's the problem and and I don't know if Muriel will will end to Milan. There are rumors even Fiorentina is linked to the player, but they're gonna get him on loan, so they're not gonna spend money on the, on the player, just just on his salary, obviously. So you know, Lazio should be thinking of doing operation like that if they don't want to spend big this January. But um, the gap is not huge between Lazio and the other teams, and if Roma, Milan. Inter and the other teams that are fighting for the fourth spot are gonna sign players. Then, then uh, I think Lazio have to do the same because they have the chance to to fight with these teams. And uh, Inzaghi said that they need players, and we said it all the time. You know, there isn't a Vice Mobile uh, on the right midfield. There should be better options, and there aren't. So Lazio need reinforcement. Yeah, and you know, there's still the question. I mean, we the question has been around for so long now that we're almost forgetting about it. But what what happens if there's a serious injury to Tiro Immobile? I mean, that it's ridiculous that 18 months later we still have that doubt hanging over us. Where suddenly, how much would things change if? I mean, I'm touching wood as I speak, but if something happened to Tiro and we're left with Caicedo and Rossi as our two options up front. I mean, that changes Lazio's season immediately. Um, we saw how, you know, how damaging that can be at the end of last season when, in our crucial run-in, we lost Chiro, and lo and behold, we lost the Champions League spot. So, 
I don't think, you know, I think Casado has offered more value this season than he did last season, but I still think he's absolutely miles away from being a, a, a quality replacement as a number nine. Um, so that's another concern for me still. And it, it worries me a bit that we're not even really being linked to players who, who would be a kind of Vichy Immobile. Yeah, and and to be honest, Alistair, uh yesterday wasn't a great performance from from Chiro Immobile. I thought with a better Chiro Immobile yesterday, Lazio would have won. Uh, but I think it's four matches in a row he doesn't score. I don't think he's fully fit. We saw yesterday, he, uh, yesterday sorry, the 26 he didn't start because he wasn't 100% fit. I think he's still not in his top form. But after the performance of Casado, uh, on Boxing Day, I think Inzaghi didn't have any option. And again, yesterday Casado came in in the last minutes to try to win it, and he didn't do pretty much nothing, nothing at all. So really, Inzaghi hasn't hasn't got any option there, and uh, this could be a problem in the long run. So, uh, I mean, Lazio, as we said, have the money to spend this this winter, and it should be good to do it. We'll see. We'll see. It's worth saying as well. The end of end of January. Football wasn't on, but there, there has been extension. So, yeah, that's that's one thing is that at least we do have a bit more time than than we were originally supposed to get. Yes, yes, that's true. But we have to hope that uh, Lotito and Tare use this thing, this time, this extra time to start signing uh, important players because at the moment the only rumours we have about Lazio is Lazio signing a young Liverpool player but it's going to be this summer so uh, <coughs> and and he's a youngster so I don't think he's one that's going to come in directly and in, in the starting lineup of Simone Zaghi. while I think at the moment that's what we need someone who can give an option an extra option to to Simone Zaghi in a in uh, in different positions. So again, we know that the uh, winter transfer is usually very hard for Lazio. Uh, but we're going to see. Simeone just replied to us saying Wallace is terrible. I'd rather see Mauricio in his place or play with 10 <laughs> men. Well, Mauricio is not anymore with Lazio, so uh, he we cannot he cannot play instead of uh, instead of Wallace. And uh, Alasdor, yesterday, Perea left the club. I don't know. Uh, I I really felt that they didn't give him a chance. I thought the first season of Perea, Lazio was playing so badly. And still, he proved to have something. But then he went on loan and uh, uh, he never was able to prove his talent. And uh, um, I I thought he had the quality, but didn't, didn't have the chance to show them. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, I suppose. I mean, he's just one of these players who... I mean, he's one of many, many players, really, who've just kind of been left on the left on the rubbish pile by Lazio, really. Um, and you just wonder what he thinks about the whole thing because he's spent, what, how many years at Lazio? And I think he's been there for about five years. And... Like you say, he's had these these loan moves that haven't really worked out, and he's never really convinced the club to give him a chance in the first team. And 
He arrived at the team as an exciting young prospect from Colombia, and now he leaves in his mid-twenties without a club. And, um, yeah, it's quite hard to see where he goes from here. So I, I, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but my thoughts on it really are that if he did have the quality to to make a difference for Lazio in the first team, he would have shown it at some point in the last five years. So I'm not too disappointed. I think it's probably it's good for the club to get get someone off the books who's not going to be used. And I think it's also good for Perea because it's just, for one reason or another, it's not happening for him with Lazio. So good luck to him elsewhere. Yep. Do you think there are going to be other players like maybe Murja, who's not playing that much this this season? I mean, Inzaghi said that there are too many players at the moment, and uh, so there could be uh, someone leaving. I think Murja could be one candidate, and probably he will have a lot of offer from Serie A clubs. Yeah, well, you know, he's been one of the players who's been most regularly linked, I suppose, with with moves away from the club. And yeah, he's he's a young guy. He needs he needs to be playing. Um, it's a bit of a waste to have a promising young midfielder like him, who's shown that he has the quality to play at this level and just not be using him whatsoever. But Inzaghi's kind of got his hands tied with that. And uh, you know, we'd all like to see him play, but at the same time, we'd all like to see the best Lazio out there. And unfortunately, he's he's not really close to being in, in the best Lazio team at the moment. So I think it could be a good idea for him to go out and loan and get some football. But, uh, you know, we've expressed our are kind of, uh, I suppose, reservations about the uh, loan system before because it's a bit of a gamble. You can't guarantee that your player is going to be playing regularly or being used in the way that you'd like. So um, if he's going out on loan, I suppose I'd like to see it, see him get the right fit, the the right kind of player, the right kind of team for him. But I doubt there will be a there would be a, a lack of options for him if um, if he is put on the market. He's been linked with a, a few teams low down the league. Kievo, Bologna, and going to hold on there. They kids could well get hold of him. So, um, yeah, I think it might it might be good for Murja to to get some football elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, for me, there's still just so many players who, you know, there's still Ravel Morrison, um, you know, in the team. We've still got Dusan Basta, who's clearly finished by now. Um, you know, there's there's a number of players who just don't really have a future at the club, um, who also need to be taken care of, I suppose, and and find uh, find clubs because, like I said with Perea, I think it's good for the club and for the player in a lot of these cases to to get rid of them. And I suppose the other one I wouldn't be too surprised about to see going would be Martin Casares actually because um, Lazio have the option to extend his his contract, which. At the moment, is supposed to run out um, in summer next summer, but uh, Lazio have an option to extend by one year. But they don't look very interested in in taking up the option at the moment, which means he would leave for free in the summer as it stands. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see Casares go, uh, given the reports that have been going around. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that? Because he came in this time last year, and we were quite excited about him because he's so experienced and so versatile and it's been one of the kind of disappointments of the season really is that he's not really managed to establish himself in any position um you would have thought with the struggles we're having at right midfield that he might have been able to make uh, 
make an impression there, but he's he's not really made an impression anywhere. No, I thought that could be an option for him, but every time he played, he didn't convince me. I thought, yeah, he, he, that could be his position, but maybe a couple of years ago, now he doesn't have the pace to, to cover there. But honestly, I thought in the three-man defense, he could have been a perfect solution. He was playing there with Verona before coming to Lazio, and he was playing decent. And at, at Roma, he didn't have the same performance. I don't know why. Uh, we said that he's a bizarre type of player. We we saw him playing really, really well, and then bad form, uh, very uh, a lot of issue off the pitch. We didn't know nothing here in Rome uh, of off field issue with the with the with Casares this time. But uh, for sure, he didn't perform as expected. So this is a big disappointment. And again, we were all really happy. I remember. People saying that the best signing in Gen- of last January was Casares to Lazio. Well, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And um, so again, we Lazio needs someone, even because let's not forget that Radu's Radu performance are not uh, at the same level of last year, which you know it makes sense. He's not getting younger, um, so you cannot expect his level to continue that high. Uh, so probably Lazio need a reinforcement there in, uh, in the couple, maybe next summer at least. Yeah, um, with Radio, I suppose it's been interesting that Acerbi's been tried out uh, a few times now on, on the left-hand side of defence with Felipe playing in the middle, which I suppose gives Inzaghi another option. I think he's been quite smart to to use that the opportunities he's had in the Europa League and so on to, to try a Cherby out there. And yeah, I've, I've actually really liked a Cherby in that position when he's played there. He's, he's done well in kind of both phases. He gets, he's quite a dangerous player when he, when he moves forward and is obviously, as, as we know, a very smart defensive player and, and knows how to organize and, and position himself. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that is one option there, I suppose, but, uh, clear that, um, it's still a problem. It's still a weakness in the side, and I think that Inzaghi's done really what he can at this stage with the players he's got. So perhaps he does need to bring in a few more reinforcements. Yeah, let's hope that Tare saw it as well and is going to do something for 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 Inzaghi and help this team because, especially if Milan go going out and sign some players, then the competition is going to be harder for Lazio and. Uh, you know, it would be a shame again to miss the Champions League spot, seeing how Roma and Milan are performing at the moment. Uh, yeah. Alice, yeah, go on. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say it's. Um, I suppose the uh, it's we we should be positive about the fact that we've ended the year in the top four. Um, but it, you have to say it's been a bit of a missed opportunity, given that the run of games we've had in December, we knew how important this was going to be, and and I don't think it's really been the success we needed. And if we picked up some of the in a really good position by now, so that is a little bit of a disappointment, if I'm honest. But at the same time, going into the new year in the top four um, is yeah, it's it's obviously still a very nice position to be in. 
yes, unfortunately, we have to remember that that there is uh, uh, Napoli and Juventus coming the next two Serie A matches. So uh, easy, yeah, very easy matches. But uh, this is discussion for another time, Alasdair. We can wrap it up here and. Uh, um, as usual, if you like the podcast, please rate, review. You can subscribe on our podcast on iTunes, on Spreaker. And if you want to support us, there's our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lazio Lounge. And we're going to talk next year, Alistair. I'll give you one year of break. Happy? Delighted. <laughs> yeah, um, happy new year to all our listeners. Um, when it comes, thanks for your support over the last, what, 2018, I suppose. And uh, yeah, more to come in 2019. Yep. Happy New Year even to Wallace. Even to Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody and happy new year even from me. Bye. Come on, you eagles. There's no time to fear. Oh, there's an angel watching us so Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.